0: All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode zero of Real Talk by the Platform. My name is Matthew Duvall. I'll be hosting for this episode. Um, Today, we're just going to go through an easy little intro. We're going to introduce the podcast. We're going to introduce all the board members, and we're going to talk about just a little about us and what we do, what our role is, and just a little bit of our background. So I'll go first. My name is Matthew Duvall. I am director of youth engagement. That generally means that just Anything regarding youth, I've got my hands and feet in. I'm Right now, my main project is the podcast, which the whole concept for Real Talk is to uplift youth so they are able to tell their stories in a way that reaches us more towards God. Um, I grew up in Amarillo, Texas. Um, big fan of heavy metal music and classic musicals, a lot of duality present. I love movies, Batman, comic books. I'm just an overall nerd. I have a huge passion for working with youth. I think we talk down to kids too much, and I think they can provide a huge insight into their lives, into our lives, and I believe that the platform and this podcast specifically will give a really great way for youth to uplift each other and support each other. So right now I'm going to bring in our first board member. Romeo, go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about you.
1: Hey, guys. I'm Romeo Curvin. I'm a Lubbock native. I've got a passion for the West Texas community, and, uh, you know, I'm just uh, humbled to have the opportunity to serve this generation. I know growing up, um, I didn't have a mentor, and so I didn't know I needed one, let alone what that was, and so as a result, uh, there's some stripes on my back, if you will, right? I'm sure those listening, you can relate. There's a lot of things that I would do differently if I had a time machine. But uh, since that's not a an option, the next best thing is to how can I pay that forward? How can I uh, be that mentor figure? Yeah. So uh, I've got a passion to just help uh, unleash dormant potential, you know, and and uh, I'm just honored to join alongside some phenomenal uh, folks that have that same heart here at the platform and, and uh, just dive in, get my hands dirty and and uh, begin to serve this generation.
0: Sweet, and Romeo, how old are you since you were the only non-college student on the yes, board right I, now? Yes, I
1: am, I guess I'm the OG. So <laughs> I graduated uh, from college in 2011 and so it's it's pretty neat how things have come full circle. I was just uh, uh, ready to to get done with school and, and now I have the privilege, uh, one of my many hats is, uh, I'm an admissions advisor and so now uh, being first, uh, generation college student myself now I have the opportunity to help others navigate and and uh, uh, wherever they're at in their their course in life and and uh, so at any rate yeah I'm, a, I'm the OG and I'm 35 years old and and I've got a little bit of life experience under my belt and and uh, humbly feel that uh, I'm equipped to again uh, step into that mentor role and and uh, uh, just uh, serve whatever capacity uh, I'm needed here at the platform and I'm honored to do that.
0: Sweet. And what is your official capacity?
1: Sure. So think of me as a a networker, Um, being born and raised in Lubbock and and really having a large background in in not just the nonprofit sector, but um, specifically uh, foster community. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, meeting presidents of organizations and, and just various individuals that have a heart for youth and then moreover, heart for at-risk youth. And so, uh, in fact, back in 2018, I had an opportunity to uh, found a nonprofit organization, and, and COVID, of course, threw a wrench in that, and it's since been dissolved. Uh, but uh, uh, my my life's uh, purpose is to unleash peace, power, and purpose in others. And, and so, when I and had the opportunity to learn of the mission of the platform, it was just a uh, uh, it was just uh, one glove into the other glove, if you will. It was just a, a perfect, a perfect fit, and so all that to say, suffice it to say, uh, I specialize in connecting dots and connecting folks' uh, purpose with their passion and their uh, their uh, their wallets, <laughs> if you will. And so uh, I look forward to really just being a, a resource for the platform in terms of um, who, uh, what is the need. Uh, what's the opportunity, and then who do we uh, know? Who's available in the community? Who has that passion? Who has that ability? Uh, uh, if the wheel's not broke, or or do we need to recreate a wheel, et cetera? So uh long way of saying just connecting dots, Mr. Mr. Uh, networking uh, Dot Connector. So. so one of the cool things
2: about Romeo being here is – One of the things that I had known before I had come to Lubbock was I had a connection of a guy who had worked for a boys and girls home, I believe, nearby and had worked with foster youth. So that was one of the things that I was familiar with. And I believe it was last semester, um, sometime towards the middle beginning part of the semester, when my RA had come to me and said that he had met with a guy in admissions office and told me to go meet with him. And one of the biggest things that I've always been passionate about is foster care. It's something that I'm a part of, a system that I know, and something that my family advocates for. So when I had heard this, I was like, wow, like that's, that's gotta be a God-given thing. And we had sat down and had a conversation and there was just so much that I had learned from that conversation alone that had kind of given me a little bit more confirmation that I was in the right place. And Romeo was definitely one of those pieces that fit into the puzzle in terms of where the heart is and where the mission is. And to find somebody who also has a genuine connection For reaching those people is not something that I would have expected to find if I'm being completely honest
0: All right, that's beautiful Just for context that was Noah Cottle our executive director We're gonna officially meet him later on But we're gonna take a short break before introducing a couple more board members All right, we're bringing into another segment real quick because we want you all to get to know us a little bit. Of course, our mission is sharing stories, and we also want to share our own through this medium. So we're going to have a couple little just fun conversation topics real quick.
2: The heart of the podcast and the heart of what we do is to share testimonies real and authentically. But a huge part of what we want to emphasize is it doesn't have to be as deep and as heavy mm-hmm. as some people make it. You can tell your story and still find joy in it. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to give our most controversial food take <laughs> um, and kind of just <laughs> share a little bit about us and reveal and expose ourselves just a little bit. Yeah, just a little.
0: All right, I'll go first. I'm a big fan of nacho cheese Doritos and French onion dip, dude. Personally? Wait, pause. <laughs> Wait, which which type of Dorito? Nacho cheese. The blue? No.
2: <laughs> no, I know the dust gets everywhere. It's the best see now It would have made sense if you would have said something like spicy nacho. Mm-hmm. That would have made some sense to me But the fact that you just went with the blue bag yeah. of Doritos, even bag. though
0: the purple bags the best one Ooh. I stand firm in that. Belief. <laughs> I'm not sure I can't even handle talkies. so yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I almost died a kid gave me a talkie the other day and I like cried <laughs> it, was, it was just too much if it makes you feel any better. I choked on a hot cheeto <laughs> Yeah, that does make me feel better. <laughs> That really does. All right. Hit me with the most controversial food take you got. All right. Listen. So the other night
2: I was cleaning up the calf and I was finishing up my job and somebody had put sour cream on their chocolate chip cookie. Oh man. Naturally my first response was, you're crazy. That's disgusting. Leave For me really? alone. Don't talk to me because that's like, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, go ahead and try it because you can't knock it till you try it. I'm not going to lie to you. I ate about four of them. <laughs> I won't lie, like right there,
0: ate about four of them because it turns it into cream cheese. So I was like, you right, know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat those. Just kept going. That's hilarious. I have to have my own like French onion dip container, you know, because like the Doritos stuff gets inside of it. So it ruins it for everybody else. So I just buy two now. One for me, one for my sister. <laughs> you guys currently
2: couldn't see it, but yeah, the yeah. look and the expression on my face was just pure. Yeah, it was over like, for me. No clue what's happening right now.
0: Um, There was just. I don't know. That oh, was our snack it. as a kid, man. Dude, I was convinced toast with butter was like a real breakfast that people It had. is a real breakfast. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Because I was like, it's just two ingredients, but I quite like it. But if you take it up a notch and you put some blackberry jelly on it,
2: that's where it is right now.
0: Nah, no, I'm not a jelly guy. It Whoa. scares me. It's a weird so texture. You,
2: just, you don't eat PB&Js? Nope. That's weird. You probably put like mustard and like, what's the word? Uh, packaged cheese on your...
0: Okay. I don't do mustard. What the sandwich I ate from sixth grade to like sophomore year, right, was like a bagel, white bread, and then turkey and cheese, and that was it. Yeah no see I'm starting to think we grew up differently because mine was <laughs> Gogurts
2: that you put in the freezer yes then oh my you gosh had your um encrustables that mm. were sitting right there and you would bring your snacks and then you would trade them so eventually <laughs> I wasn't even eating anything that I brought right it was just everybody else's <laughs> food but uh, not liking jellies crazy
0: no yeah frozen gogurt though that was one of my favorite <laughs> snacks ever is break know. it push it up I haven't had awesome. one in years I think it's I think it's time I go home and get one yeah same here I got to be a kid again. Just for five minutes of just eating that yogurt, um, I would rather not be a kid again. At one
2: point, I was chubby. Um, <laughs> like, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. But like, my pants wouldn't
0: go up. Um, I was a little butterball. a yeah. kid. It's cool. I put a <laughs> I put a suit on today for an event we had, and I realized the pants were too big for me, so I had to like cinch them up. Looked like I was preparing for a flood. It was so bad man. Those were in jeopardy of falling off me at any point today It was they were looking like disco pants and man I was I was having to escort a girl and you know She looked great and I was like this suit doesn't fit But you know just for clarification purposes the suit that he was having to wear today is actually because
2: he was nominated onto the Freshman homecoming court for the college here that we go to
0: yeah, whoopee. It was it was fun I'll admit I enjoyed it. We got a little corsage, but we also have to wake up, like, early on Saturday for Alumni Chapel and do the whole thing again. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm very thankful for the opportunity, personally, but, like, you just another Saturday event, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you don't win anything. It's just wild to <laughs> yeah. me. Like, First, there was no medal, no. Dude, yeah, nothing. what did I tell her? Taylor, she was great. I was like... She was so nervous. I was like, we are freshmen. Like, it's okay. I said, you look great. We're freshmen. And then I walked too fast down the aisle. But, you know, I didn't trip. And nobody fainted, which was great. But... Honestly, I think it went about as smoothly as it could go, which is a little disappointing because for the entertainment
2: purposes, I was hoping that somebody would trip over a shoe or a dress would get stepped Mm -hmm. on and then, you know, turn into a tumble (laughs) effect, just like a Disney movie where everybody's falling on stage. And then the ceremony is
0: ruined. 100%. And then everybody's got to get up and go and do it all over again (laughs) the next day. I I told her, I was like, hey, if I trip, just leave me because I I will not get back up, man. After tripping in front of all those people, I'll probably just pretend to be passed out or something. I I could not handle that
2: more awkward to just walk away from you on the ground while we're all staring at you waiting on you to get up now you're she's right. just having to slide away in a dress with some flowers in her hand right. kind of scooting and booting down right. the
0: stage. maybe i don't know i resolved to be like if she fell i would have fallen too and done it way more dramatically just to make her feel better like i was planning like a full-on like jim carrey roll down the aisle thing only if she fell though honestly that's valid. I can I can respect that. I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, it was fun. I did enjoy, you know, the whole ceremony thing. It was fun. A really great group of people won Homecoming King and Queen, and I think it was the ones I voted for, too. It's hard as a freshman, because I'm like, who are these people? And I'm like, oh, it's my friend's brother. Oh, it's my professor's daughter. And also, you know, people will be like, nah, vote for her. She's
2: cool. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I didn't vote because every time the email hit my um, inbox, I swiped and deleted it. Why? <laughs> because it was just another email and I didn't quite actually know what it was for. Yeah, man, we get like 50 emails a
0: day. It's crazy. <laughs> just quite being honest. students too, grown adults with a wife and two mortgages and a car payment. Can you? And we have friends that are like getting married and that's wild. Like, I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I that's would so love weird. to be like, hey, I'm getting married next week.
2: Come to the wedding. Right.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, that's no. not going <laughs> to no, Not at all. It's so crazy. It's like, dude, you, you're awesome, but I cannot relate to this stage of life at all, man. You got a car that you own. You know what I'm saying? I'm driving my mom's old car. I don't even <laughs> think the deed is over to me yet. And they're a year and a half older yeah right.
2: so i'm like what are you doing <laughs> what did you do from birth to one and a half years old that i didn't do that allows right. you to be married standing in front of me
0: right who was i i was talking to this girl in the library the other day and we were going over like a timeline and i was like when do you want to get married when do you want to have kids and she was like oh man i've got two more years to find a husband and then, like you could see it just like dawn on her and she was like oh <laughs> I I was talking to a girl the other day trying to get dating advice and she was I was like, Do you think girls are like intimidated to approach me? And she was like, Matthew, girls are just not gonna approach you. <laughs> She's like, It's your job and I went, Oh, well then uh no. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess dating is not in the cards right now because the cold approach for me is like oof. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would do like the
2: whole eye contact thing. Like if you see me same. and I see you, mm-hmm. the minute that you look at me three times when we're in the same room within the same thirty <laughs> you minutes counted from there. It's just eye contact every <laughs> other me too. place because why are you looking at me? Like you must mm-hmm. think I'm good looking because there's no other reason why you're staring at me. Or like I'm, I know my outfit looks good today.
0: Or I'm weirding you out. <laughs> That's the only other alternative and maybe yeah. I should leave. Well, I guess I guess that one works too. I, re- I went at a church camp this past year. There was a girl there and me and her had gone through like the same little medical issue and surgery as kids. And they were from another youth group at our church and we were from one and they're like y'all should meet y'all should get married blah 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 blah. bro i tried to work up the confidence to talk to this girl for a whole week and you know when i finally did it mm. on the bus ride home dude and it was so awkward and she goes here now and oh. who do i not talk to her you know what i'm saying that's, that's uh we definitely different we made eye contact like 75 times yeah i'm telling you
2: telling you that's like the biggest trick everybody's like oh my gosh eye contact is intimate no it's not yeah it's it's scary (laughs) leave me alone because until you say verbally that like you're okay with me looking at you i look like the creep (laughs) from across the room like that so happened to be attention
0: and we're like fairly tall guys too and that just adds to it (laughs)
2: yeah it doesn't help when you have you know guys that are over six foot standing behind you like hey what's up (laughs) like it's just it's
0: not you could like be like, Matthew, and run up and give me a hug. And I'd be like, you're a great friend, and high-five you. <laughs> like That's how just I do not get signals at all. Yeah, no. The whole signal thing always confuses me um,
2: because you look at me like one day, and then like you roll your eyes at me five minutes later, and I don't know if you're just rolling your eyes to roll your eyes or <laughs> if you're rolling your eyes to flirt because some right. girls flirt by being mean and then some don't. So I'm like, you know what? Just text me. <laughs> and then the whole texting right. thing, I'm like, you know
0: what? I can't text personally.
2: I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know what texting is like. And uh-huh. naturally, I can communicate mm-hmm. until it comes down to having to say what needs to get said because okay. I have no clue what I'm saying.
0: I just end up saying "yup" and "okay" pretty, pretty much. four times, and then like the, the message,
2: dies. putting a thumbs up, yes. throwing an emoji, so I seem like mm-hmm. I have emotion behind it when my face is
0: blank and yeah. it looks like when it's really there like right I have now. no clue what's going on. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be staring at my phone screen, just like "okay," <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't know what to say. I, I know I started this conversation, but I have no clue how to continue it. Um but before we end up talking for the whole <laughs> <laughs> for the whole time and take up this space, right? Definitely an insight into how
2: our brains work and a for little real? bit more about us and just some fun conversation to have. But what we wanted to kind of demonstrate in having that conversation is that as much as we want you to get to know the mission, we want you to get to know us so that you Mm -hmm. feel like you have a connection to the Mm -hmm. people that are trying to
0: get you where you need to go Right, with the understanding that we're also headed in that same direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're all just chasing Christ as best as we can. And I mean, for me, the platform just kind of, it like fell in my lap, man. When you gave me that document, I was like, for sure. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you get to college, you realize you have free will. You got that double-edged sword though. You're like, do I be lazy or do I pursue things? And do I pursue things out of college just for myself that I want to enjoy? And I finally came to the realization. That I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, let's let's forego this anxiety of starting things. And let's just let's just hit it." You know right. what I'm saying?
2: I think we both came to that conclusion at the same time because I for know for me last <laughs> semester I had an identity crisis, which seems to be mm-hmm. the theme of my life. Which yeah, we'll talk you about disappeared for a month a <laughs> little <laughs> bit more. Which we'll talk about a little bit more later. I kind of disappeared <laughs> for a little time in between, but. It was just the realization that dreaming was always something I was allowed to do.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: But being at the age where I can chase my dreams, Mm -hmm. and even I could have even chased them at 16, but it's the knowing and the being in the right place and being in touch with God spiritually and Mm -hmm. knowing exactly where you need to be going. That got in my head. And then this year after going through and going through the trial and going through the angst and the waiting, kind of got to that point where I was like, there is no reason why I can't take an act in faith and build a team around this. And today we're going to meet the rest of the team and we're going to talk more about that. But it's crazy because when you take that step, things start to become more loose. You start to have Mm -hmm. more freedom. You get to be able to sit in front of a microphone and share your story like this Mm -hmm. in a way that is real that personally I wouldn't have expected. That's not something that I would have been like, yeah, no. In my head it was, I'll do it when I'm 50 years old. I have kids and I am established and people know my name and it's Mm -hmm. more of a my name doesn't need to be known. Right, it's the story behind the name. Yeah. It's how can my story help you, regardless of
0: whether or not I'm being used or not. Right, and like my thing is like I can start now. You know what I'm saying? I've always worried about like financial stability and stuff like that. You know, and I was talking to a friend about it, and you know, I didn't give him credit for this wisdom back then, but he was talking about getting married young. I was like, dude, you need to be like financially stable. And he goes, Well, what? E- what even is that? You know, I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> word, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't ever want income or anything to like stop me from pursuing stuff I dream about.
2: Exactly. That. You know? That's one of the biggest struggles, if I'm being honest, that I'm having right now is what does it look like as a college student to do this, mm-hmm. to be in a place to pay for the things that need to get paid for, to bring in the people that need to be brought in. And one of the things I'm constantly reminded of is, and I'll share more on the story later, is when my family went to Hawaii for missions, we sold everything we had. Right. If that doesn't tell you the position of financial stability it takes to get up and go somewhere, mm-hmm. like it's not that we have the resource to do what God needed us to do. It's that we took the act and doing what was necessary to get there and mm-hmm. letting God take the rest. And I'm just reminded of that when I'm like, hey, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't have to make it happen. Right. I just have to act in obedience and take the steps and let mm-hmm. God take the will. And that's one of the things that scares me most Of being honest because I don't know what God has in store. Right. Yeah. It's just the act of taking it one day at a time and being like, okay, well, I can put $20 here. Mm-hmm. I can put $30 here. Okay, wait, I actually have to wait on that. I can't right. do it there. And then knowing, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, just take that leap of faith and trust and knowing that, this came to be because of something that was outside of myself. So it'll continue to be something that's outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And for me, that step is like terrifying.
0: You know, like yeah. I realized it recently, like I can do this. I'm capable. I want to do this. Then the step comes. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, this could actually happen. Yeah. That's, and that's... you know, you expect like joy, happy. Oh my gosh, this could actually happen. But like, I don't know, just for me creatively, mm-hmm. that's almost terrifying sometimes right Right. Right.
2: i got the papers in the other day that said that we were officially recognized by Mm -hmm. the state that this was real right and i didn't know if i was supposed to cry if i was supposed to run away and drop the papers because Mm -hmm. the reality of it is is that it's real yeah and that this is something that was put on my heart from a time and place in my life that i would rather not remember Mm -hmm. but i know it needs to be said exactly And so that thought of just seeing the paper and holding it in my hand was like, I'm like, I'm in awe because Mm -hmm. this is something that's real and now it's making it happen. And it's the getting the resources and doing the things that make it happen that scare me because for me, my job is to make sure the places are put in place, is Mm -hmm. to talk to the right people, to help outbuild the programs, to give y'all a little direction, but to let y'all handle it. And for me, my biggest thing is I like to know what's going on at all times, but that's not my job. Mm -hmm. That's not who I'm supposed to be. Right now, it's just meetings and making the connections (laughs) and having the conversations and getting the things off the ground and bringing in people to share their story Mm
0: -hmm. and the worrying about things. It's nerve-wracking, but God willing, it'll come to be. Mm -hmm. And we even, (laughs) me and Noah, both recently got told pretty clearly (laughs) to like take a step back by God. Because we were scheduled to go to a networking event, a fairly big one that we were both very excited for. And whose cars both decided to break down within a week? <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if
2: God's trying to tell you not to go somewhere, it'll right. tell you not to go somewhere. Right. And shortly after that, I don't know if I filled you in or not, but I was having a meeting with one of the faculty here. And one of the biggest things that they emphasized was is do one thing and do one thing really well. Right. I realized that there was an opportunity to make this happen and I got so excited that I forgot the whole mission was mm-hmm. is to share the stories. I yes. was getting distracted from the fact that that's what this is. We mm-hmm. want to create a difference and to amplify voices and we got so, well, I can't say, we I can say me. I got so caught up in the fact that it's like, oh my gosh, I have to get people, I have to tell yeah. that it's like slow down. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like stop. Stop getting so far ahead that you miss the story that's
0: being developed. Because mm-hmm. this, what's beautiful about the platform is our story's kicking off too, right? And because we believe so much that stories matter, we're willing to be this vulnerable over a couple microphones because our, our story's getting developed too. And hopefully, what we see and what we see with everything through this ministry is a developing picture, right? We get a developing picture of who we are, we get a developing picture of the establishment of the ministry. And it's going to be a beautiful thing to see people just grow and grow.
2: Right. And I think one of the best things about it is we get to be a part of this journey. And one huge part of the journey is the finance part of the journey, Mm -hmm. which in the next segment, we're going to have our director of finances come and say a little bit more about what he plans to do and what his role is and what his heart is behind it. But once again, I just want to reiterate that the realness that we're sharing here is not for a marketing scheme it's not for a plot it's the essential of who we are and Mm -hmm. what this is and what we serve to do Mm -hmm. we share these stories and we share this part not to show any wavering stability in what we're doing but to show that what we do works right that the story
0: behind it works and that it matters Mm -hmm. yeah stories change lives man and that's that's probably one of our biggest little underlines of this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're, we're doing this pretty raw and real. So introduce yourself and introduce your role.
4: Well, first off, my name is Javen Alvarez. I'm from Plainview, Texas. I'm a sophomore accounting major here at LCU, and I am director of finances. So I'll be working closely with um, Noah Cottle. Of course, Romeo as well with uh, relations with people who are donating to us as well. And just kind of an overview of doing our budget work and stuff like that and keeping a track on where we're spending money, where money's coming in at and just, yeah, stuff like that.
0: Sweet. So what we were talking about a bit is what's your most like controversial food take? Like what's something you eat that people are like, what the crap? Pineapples on pizza. Oh, okay. Now oh, I have God. to leave. So <laughs> I'm starting to rethink who I'm going to be around. <laughs> oh, right. No. It's yes. Pineapples on I
4: pizzas. mean, hey, a good Hawaiian pizza is so good. I don't know if you all know. So I worked at Pizza Hut for a while Ooh. in high school. Um, probably most of my high school career, honestly, since uh, I was of age to work. But uh, yeah, ham and pineapple, so good. Add some jalapenos with it, even better. Even a pepperoni jalapenos, hey, really good. All right, sweet. Yeah, no, I still can't justify that. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Have
2: y'all tried it? No. Okay. There it is. I've (laughs) tried pineapple on on pizza, and personally, I don't like it. Do you know why? Because I went to Hawaii and they still didn't put pineapple (laughs) on their pizza.
0: I'm just against all forms of fruit.
4: Oh, well, (laughs) okay. I
0: I am on the college freshman diet right now, man. Pizza and pizza with no pineapples. Excuse you. And, um, oh, excuse me and the occasional piece of chicken <laughs> I'm very much like that's what I'm on currently fair enough well besides your
2: strange eating habits <laughs> um, share a little bit more with everybody about what you hope to pour into and get out of the mission of what we're doing here
4: well really just the, also the community that we're gonna build um, mm-hmm. doing this and also just as a team um, being in uh, leadership roles kind of in that in that way uh, when you get to money, talking about money, that's kind of a, a hot topic with most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes a lot of um, effort and commitment to that. Um, and so really, I just, I really want to pour into the best of my abilities of uh, stewarding that, being a mm-hmm. better steward of money um, and a different aspect of just my own as well. But I mean, working working with this already great team right now and um, getting to do all that. So, yeah, yeah, sweet.
0: Man, hopefully the team grows. Yeah, hopefully that'd be great.
4: Man. Um, I'd love
2: for the team to grow. Yeah. So We could all
0: use an assistant. <laughs> I definitely know
2: I could. I'm so tired of reading another email. If I get another <laughs> notification, I think I might. All these texts when I'm trying to take a nap, man. I'm just <laughs> playing. I'm just playing. Nah, yeah, word. <laughs> so a little more about Jay is he is my RA, and last semester when I first came to LCU as an official student here, it was a tough. It was a tough year. Mm -hmm. It was a tough semester for sure. And a lot of what had helped get me through it was his willingness to listen to the Lord and to be keen on what he has to say and speak through him. And a lot of the guidance that I got to get to where I came from came from this man sitting across from me right now. So when I had asked him if this is something that he wanted to be a part of, it was a joy when he had said yes because I know the type of heart that he has and the type of things that he brings to the table. It's more than just directing over finances. It's Mm -hmm. teaching you what your character looks like in terms of finances. It's helping you understand the importance of storing money and what that looks like. Just in the conversations we had, he helped me understand what it looked like to store my character. And if he can do that, then I wondered what could he do when it comes down to money? Right. And how big of a difference could that make? And Mm -hmm. so that's part of the role that I wanted him to step into. But one thing that I want y'all to understand is that when it comes down to money, it's more than just the weird conversations. Mm -hmm. It's the, how can we take the money to make the dreams happen? Right. Yeah. And bringing on a dreamer that can make those dreams happen and help get there by the finances. So Jay, if you don't mind, if you could share a little bit more about what your dreams are and where you think the direction for finances could go and where you hope to build a program out of.
4: Well, first off, let me let me back up a little bit to what, what you were saying earlier. I, I do appreciate that. That means a lot. You know, this is actually my first year as an RA, so getting that kind of feedback from one of my residents is always very welcoming. I'm over here tearing up a little bit. <laughs> Not really. No, I'm just playing. Yes, I am. <laughs> but, um, but wow, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't really think into in too depth of what that look like for you bringing me on this team? You know, I just kind of thought it was, oh, hey, he's an accounting major. He might know some stuff. Let me bring him on this team, you know, <laughs> but to hear that and wow, that, I mean, that just means so much more to to my role and to me just being a part of this team, that means a lot. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. What was your initial question just now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. Got me in my um, emotions a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what
2: does it look like for you dreaming wise of what finances could become in terms
4: of how we use it and how we help others use it? So, yeah. Um, Man, being a blessing in general. Mm. I mean, yes, you can be a blessing with your time. You can be a blessing with the things that you have around you. But I mean, when people get blessed with money and they're able to be a blessing to others, that's a whole nother level. Um, Not to sound so prideful, but in the sense of the award that I've been able to to I guess feel when, when I'm able to bless somebody, whether it's you know buying buying them some food or um, taking them out to eat with me or buying them some shoes or doing whatever it may be. Like you know, that the the feeling of that when God calls us to you know to be a blessing in people is just so amazing. And so the dream for the for the platform and in my eyes too and especially in my role is where can we Bless others, where can we steward our money in that aspect? you know obviously yes we're gonna we're gonna have some certain things that we're gonna have to pay, like fees and stuff like that expenses and stuff that we have to do to keep this going, but that shouldn't be our main priority of where right. our finances are going I, I I mean the whole point of this of this deal is how can we steward other people? how can we steward others and so it's like if we can do that also just relationally, emotionally, whatever spiritually it may look like can we tie that into financially? You know okay, what I'm saying? Yeah. Where can we financially lift the burdens off of certain people or others and stuff like that? And I really, I'm really, i really excited to see as we grow. I mean, we're just kicking off. You know what I'm saying? Mm, we're, yeah. already, we're broke. We ain't got no money right now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, right now everything is just dreams, but I'm excited to see everything unfold. It's kind of like me and you were having that conversation, you know, when I first met Noah It was this great experience. But, I mean, man, God was just pressing on my heart. And, you know, we had some hard difficulties. We had some hard conversations and stuff. We had some cries. We had some laughs. We had all that. But the blessing of that was getting to see him blossom, getting to see him unfold before my eyes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm excited to see in terms of the platform is, okay, now I've seen the little get-togethers. I've seen the stressors that Noah's gone (laughs) through, you know, to put everything together, to get people on the team, to work everything out now I'm ready to see that, now that the plant, I mean, the seed is planted, I'm mm-hmm. ready to see the flower blossom, you know? right? And yeah. so I guess, you know, kind of going back to your your original questions, I just want to see how big of a blessing we can become, mm-hmm. you know? And again, I don't want it to be a pride thing. I don't want it to become this thing where, well, we're, we we gave this much money yeah. or we did right. this and we did that. No, definitely no. Because one thing for sure is you can't ever outgive God. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Amen. I mean, as much as Amen. he's going <laughs> to bless us, let's just be a blessing to others.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's another thing is we're a community oriented group of people. Like that's what we want. We want to encourage and build community. I think that's beautiful. Jay, would you like to share like a bit more of your story with us? We've got a lot of like where you are now and like, what do you love now? But could you share a little bit of like how some of that develops?
4: Yeah. So, um, really experienced, man. Oh, so actually it was so great. Our professor Ben Pickett, Christian life, you know, explains um, our the way our Christian life is the lived experiences of of being a Christian. Mm. And man, that I mean, that kind of like spoke to me. As simple as that sounds, that really did resonate with me because I didn't get here because I'm this wise person or because I know everything. Mm -hmm. I got here because I had to learn a lot. I I went through some stuff. I had to learn the the hard way. I was a little hard headed at first too. Um, I'm young you know, and I was younger at one point, you know, so I'm not old, but I mean, I mean, there's times in my life where I had uh, mentors in my life, shout out Anthony Longoria, you know, who, who would um, teach me things, tell me things. And yet I was like, ah, I know what's going on. I can do this, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, I met the reality of the world and it taught me a few things. And so really just um, growing up around a community of believers, for sure, mm-hmm. um, having those mentors in my life, Um, Definitely helped. Obviously, God's word for sure. You know, even though I may not be the best, I'm not going to sit here and act like I read my Bible every single day because you know what? I'm not the best at that, but I strive to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, really just through trial and error, prayer, a lot of prayer, man. I I don't, I'm a very big believer in prayer without ceasing. So it doesn't have to be this holy, let me get on my knees and let me turn on worship music or do Mm -hmm. what I got to do and then pray. No, a valid prayer can just be like, man, walk into class and I'm like, God, I am tired today. Give me strength. You (laughs) know, I need some Lord. Lord. Lord, I didn't study for this (laughs) test. So hey, everything that I know for this knowledge, please, please Mm -hmm. bring it into my mind or whatever it may be. So yeah, yeah, definitely quality time, spending time with the Lord, learning from others, trial and error myself has been a been a big part of that. Yeah, man. Pray without
0: ceasing is one of my life verses. So I'm very glad you mentioned that. I think that's another general trend among the team right now is we're praying people, man. Yeah. Number one, cause like that's man, you need it to college, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, going through college, man, and you find yourself alone in your dorm room for the first time, and you know, mom and dad are a call away, but like sometimes it's like, I can only talk to God right now. Mm. You know, that's all I have. And that's been a very like big notion of my life. Like God, you're all I got, you know, when everything fades away, you're all I got. And I think just prayer, especially right now for me is just, sustaining a lot for me so yeah trying to think jay we haven't talked about favorite movies or anything yet oh <laughs> you don't want to talk about some movies that we enjoy
2: only if you will have good taste oh yeah okay only if we have good taste Word. okay i oh. <laughs>
0: got you Ooh, i'm a big i'm a nerd right i, I like artsy movies Hmm. I love West Side Story, and that's because I watched that recently.
4: I'm a big fan. Both of them. This Both might be them. a hot take, but I've never heard of that. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Wow. And I might be living under a rock saying that, but I've never heard of that.
0: It's Romeo and Juliet set in 1950s New York, adding in themes of immigration and racial tension and how hate destroys. Beautiful story.
2: An even wow. bigger hot take is the Steven Spielberg version of it that came out just a few years ago. Oh, yeah? It's better than the original, and I'll stand on that. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: I think there are... We'll just let that sit, man. We'll just let that sit. Because <laughs> I think, for me, both of them serve different purposes. You know, They're both of their time. So I think Spielberg did an amazing job as like a companion piece to the first one. But of course, the first one informs the second one, you know? It's like Luke and Acts. Let's, let Let's let's put it biblical <laughs> yeah. real quick. They're companions.
4: Wow. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this this is I don't know if you all probably heard this. So, uh, growing up, we okay. So this is gonna sound really really janky, but bear with me. So growing up, my uh, I mean, it wasn't like much long. Probably like my high school years. So, but uh, my dad had this fire stick, but we had a friend that would like jailbreak him or whatever. So you oh, could basically yeah. watch any movie on them, kind of thing, and um. It might not be the most like, I don't know, maybe like appropriate movie, but uh, yeah, lean hey, on We me. don't agree with
0: everything in any of these movies. Just so
4: you uh, know. <laughs> lean on me. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, or seen the movie Lean On Me. Mm-mm. Never. Never. Yeah, never. Wow.
0: I know the song. Bum,
4: bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Definitely need to <laughs> watch song. that movie. Um It's an older movie. My dad um, actually showed it to me. And it just had a really good storyline to it. I mean, it was like a really good to watch. So this, uh, this principal basically comes into this school where, I mean, there's like, I guess you could say a bunch of people like the, I guess like the graduating weight rate. Is not so high at all. It's very low. There's very. It's a very high crime rate area. People are just kind of sending their kids to school to do whatever, and mm-hmm. I mean they're not listening to the teachers. They're not doing all this stuff, and so um, it's starring Morgan Freeman. He's the uh, the principal that they hire to come come in, and so basically he's just like real big strong boss that just comes in and the the teachers are kind of afraid of him so only some stay some leave or whatever and I'm kind of going this off my memory a little bit it's been a minute since I seen Mm -hmm. it but I just know I love this movie and uh, he comes in, and there's a uh, group of boys, specifically this one kid. And, look, like, I haven't seen him in a while, so I can't name his name off the top of my head. Uh, but this one kid, you know, he's fixing to get kicked out or whatever. And, um, basically, Morgan Freeman takes a chance on him and allows him to stay within the school. And all these kids are working really hard uh, to pass this test to show mm-hmm. the state that, like, they can do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, they end up falling in love with this, um, with their new principal Morgan Freeman, but there's this one lady whose, I believe, son was kicked out. And uh, she, she made it her whole goal throughout this whole movie is to get him fired, mm-hmm. to get him removed, despite all the good that he's doing. And you just see these these kids that come from this, like, low-poverty kind of lifestyle become so passionate about learning and so passionate about what they believe in, especially when it came to Morgan Freeman, their principal and stuff like that, that they did all these things, you know, they worked so hard to pass that test. And moral of the story, really, it was just so good to see, like, that generation of those kids in that timeline of the movie go from being, you know, obnoxious, not willing to listen to authority and nothing like that to being very passionate and honoring and everything mm-hmm. that they did. So it was really cool to watch that movie. Um, not all aspects of it are probably yeah, right. there is some language Same with language in story. There. Yeah. There's not all uh, great things. <laughs> Don't in it. But agree if You look with past everything. those things, man, yeah. it's a good movie.
0: That's like, um, there's a similar movie. What's the one with the calculus teacher in the primarily Hispanic school? And he comes in. Man, y'all don't know my calculus. I live teacher under showed a rock, man. I live under a rock. <laughs> I think I watched it in school one time, but there were, there, that's a very like popular plot line, I feel like. Like anytime a teacher wants to show a movie, it's always like, Oh, and a teacher came into the school and yeah. transformed the whole what place. Exactly.
2: <laughs> However, <clears throat> my movie choice is better than the both of y'all. So okay, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> point that out right now. Um and if you disagree with this choice, you obviously aren't a movie savant. Oh, uh, <laughs> savant. Yeah. Big word. Don't know how to spell it. Don't I ask. was about to say spell it. <laughs> nope. spell, yeah, it. spell it. Um, I can barely spell my name half the time. Yeah, I was about to say those red letters.
0: squiggly lines on my word documents all the time. <laughs> 100%. Is the only thing
2: I see. But um, in 2005, I believe it was, one of the greatest remakes in the Ooh. history of remakes oh, came out. Sorry. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Let me, let me get this out.
0: This movie is as old as me, by the way.
2: Pride and Prejudice. The 2005 version, there's no way, is the greatest movie to ever be produced. And I'll stand on that one, okay? Keep in mind, I said earlier, I have five sisters, okay? Leave me alone, coming from slack, but (laughs) on my own standing, it is the best movie, and I'll defend that till I go to the grave. I mean, Mrs. and Mr. Darcy, like that, that's a (laughs) storyline. When I talk about a storyline, that's the storyline, yeah. I mean, I I won't tell you the whole movie in five minutes, but.
0: (laughs) later <laughs> i in. Mean, yeah i think Jay. do you have sisters
4: yes i think i have pretty much everybody at this school i think the closest person to me and and i know this is not necessarily your question but in siblings wise is probably bridget selman mm. um i think she has nine other siblings close yeah. to me but i have uh five brothers and five sisters so okay i think i i think i got it there but hey <laughs> who knows
0: so I only have one sister, admittedly, but I spent a lot of time with my grandma. So what's like, I want this to be a roundtable question. What's your like girly, like guilty pleasure movie? Mean right. Girls.
4: Huh? Mean Girls.
0: No way, really? Yep. Which one?
4: Uh, I like the original. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Uh, The new one is really good. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it yeah. to see it. Again, okay, well, not, everything yeah, there, not, everything. <laughs> not everything in there. Not everything. Not everything in there is for Entertainment purposes, great movie. Moral mm-hmm. stories, eh. That can vary, but uh, Mean Girls, yeah.
0: I mean, listen, I grew up going to my grandmother's house all the time, and she was a choir director, right? So Sound of Music, amazing movie. Okay. No. <laughs> what?
2: How? No. Hater. No Again, Hater. Again, I'm not Hater. there Hater. for two and a half hours. Watching something that makes me fall asleep in the first five minutes.
4: Yeah, you if, if we're going to talk about guilty pleasure movies, I think no, it doesn't have
2: it. <laughs> Hold up. If we're talking about guilty pleasure movies, I can't speak either. I don't know why I'm on this. <laughs> Um Legally
4: Blonde. Oh, okay. <laughs> all of them. Oh, okay. Every all, single of them. One. okay. all of them. All of them. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll give you that. Maybe you have some taste, but hey. hey and
0: then I watched also, the Barbie movies with my sister and her friends
2: all like, the for a whole ones, day, one I've time. Seen all the shows.
4: <laughs> I, we have the dolls. Those are entertaining? I didn't play dude. with the dolls, but we had them. Well, also, for. For me, it's also the shows like the Hannah Montana's, mm-hmm. the the yeah, Liv and like mm-hmm. oh all gosh. those Livin shows. Ooh. Oh, I'm, what is that show Zendaya? Is it what is it? Casey, Casey Undercover. Undercover. Casey. Oh my okay. god. Okay, yes, yes, <laughs> Casey Undercover. But I feel like that's not too much of a like. I mean, that's like spies and stuff. Like yeah, that. that's, that's not true. too much. No, but it's it's the one with oh my gosh, shake it up, shake it up, yeah, oh, shake my it time. up, yes, mm-hmm. shake that, it up. I missed that it up as well.
2: Victorious. Okay. Oh, really? come on now. Listen. Yes. That is when I was you first introduced to into what First Crush was like. Because um Jade. Okay. Ooh. Jade from <laughs> the, the Victorious. I can't remember her name at the top of my head to save my life.
4: Isn't her name Jade? The character's no. name is Jade. Or are you talking about, about like the, action, actor? Yes, oh, the actor? Yes, the
2: actor. Can't remember her name to save my life. But first crush. Really? First crush. Yes. That was that was my introduction into what falling for a woman looked like like
0: that <laughs> that was it yeah i um good luck charlie to me mm. is okay. like mm-hmm. the peak mm-hmm. disney channel tv show oh yeah cuz like sure. oh my goodness like close knit family Everyone has their own thing. I do feel bad for PJ, though, because, like, his whole thing is he's stupid. And yeah. they just take that Every for eight seasons. I have five. Oh, oh wow. Calling out your sisters episode zero. Hey, you're the yeah. one that said that it was my sisters. I just said I had five. Because
2: you have <laughs> five sisters. I also have, like, a million family members. There's ten of
0: us. Oh, uh-oh. Killing Oops. Him. Sorry. Yeah. Coddle, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be fine. I was also, again, this is my grandmother's doing, but I Love Lucy, she had those on tape, and that is some of the best comedy ever. There's an episode where they work at a chocolate factory, where, like, the girls, and again, this show is very dated, so the girls and guys switch places for a week. The girls go out and get jobs, because they're like, we can do it, and the guys stay home, and iron clothes and stuff, and number one, and they both find out they're completely incompetent at the jobs, so, like, the guys are talking, they're like, yeah, I got this iron burn mark on all of her shirts. And the other guy's like, yeah, my wife has a matching design. And then the girls at the chocolate factory, it starts going too fast for them. So they just eat all the chocolate and oh, get God. caught. And it's the funniest thing. I would prefer that part of the job. Yeah, I know. It's it's a great one, but I love Lucy for sure. For sure. Are y'all into like old movies, like old media and stuff? How old are we talking? Mm, I'm trying to think, like black and white.
2: Yes, but if you go too far back, then you get pure westerns, and I'm not a fan.
4: Yeah, I know, you're right Okay, about that. this might be, I don't know if y'all ever, do you ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? Mm-mm. That was, so that uh, I, I think there was, yeah, I think that was in like some black and white, but I think they did like a lot of reruns. Mm-hmm. My stepdad liked to watch that, so it was kind of thing. Okay, this is not like, oh, this is kind of older, but it wasn't black and white old. Okay. But um, Family Matters. Ooh. Yes. Did you ever watch that? Yes. No. Wow. What? Whoa. <laughs> <Sorry. Wow. laughs> no, what? That's like the like man, uh, Their what would eyes. You compare it to. Y'all. The I mean the can you even eyes compare it to what, what would you compare it, it to? Family Matters? Yes. Yeah, so what would you like? What is something similar to it? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: think that's a good recommended show to compare it to. I don't really know.
4: What oh I would like Full House.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Full House. It's like Full House. I know like Full, Full House.
4: House. I love Full House so much. Did you watch Fuller House? It yes, I did. It was not as good. It was not as good. Fuller House wasn't as okay, good. Okay, I don't. Yeah, okay. You know what? Wow, I did. <laughs> I loved Fuller House. <laughs> it was I did, good,
2: but it just it didn't have the same charisma as the first one. You're right. It just mm. it
0: didn't feel the same. You're right. And uh, R I P. What's his name? <clears throat> Died this year. The the dad. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Oh yeah. R I P. Bob mm-hmm. Which. <laughs> Problem with him is, like, he was in the most wholesome show on TV. His stand-up comedy is the grossest, most filthiest. (laughs) It's horrible. Oh, wow. So people would, like, buy tickets because they knew him from Full House to be like, oh, it's Bob Saget. He's the dad. He loves everyone. Woo. And just be treated to just terrible things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I did not know that. Sorry to ruin (laughs) any of y'all's thing, but that's what my family did over COVID was we watched some TV, man, because my dad, I remember when it got so bad to the point my dad was dismissed from work. Oh, he's like wow. a security guard at like an energy place, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it got so bad that he was dismissed, we were like, well, I guess we'll watch TV together. So it'd be like, all right, let's watch this during lunch. You know, we're almost caught up on the series. Oh, no, it's a cliffhanger. We're going to have to watch three more. And like we went through Blue Bloods, Full House. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. Honestly, that's that's
2: valid. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm gonna piggyback off the word "dismiss" real quick before we oh, go yeah. ahead and move on to the next segment. Um, one thing that I want to point out is that even in movies, all of the movies that we were discussing have a story. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank Jay for coming on and sharing a little bit of his story and sharing more of what his heart is behind it. Um, Jay, is there anything else that you want to say before we go?
4: Um, off the top of my head, um. Uh... Sorry, you kind of put me on the on the spot oh, there. No I really wasn't really too prepared for that. <laughs> I mean, I had given you the um, speech icon. Okay, right. so, right. <laughs> so, just the the thing for sure um, that I think, if I look back on my life, that I've probably struggled with the most, and I think this is why I have such a good prayer life right now. Okay, I'm not trying to sound prideful. No, not that it's I simple, mean, again, right, I'm not perfect right, okay. in it, yeah. but I guess this is where I developed the importance of having a prayer life is in mm-hmm. everything you decide, like whether it's a big decision, small decision, and everything you do, pray about it. That, I mean, that's probably the most cliche thing I could say, but a lot of times I'll get, Hey man, like what should I do about this? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, I'll give my personal opinion or my mm-hmm. take on it, but I'll normally end it off with, we'll pray about it though. Yeah, You know, ask and see what God says, you know, cause if you want to get the best answer possible, the Lord will tell you. And yeah, I promise true. you if it's, if it's unclear, if you're like, Oh, I don't know if that's God or I don't know blah,", blah, blah then it's probably not him. That mm-hmm. is very, in my experiences, God has always been very clear. And once he's very clear about it, he then confirms it through some, maybe somebody else even telling me, Hey, I don't know what it is, but God told me to tell you this, mm-hmm. or uh, it's through his lyric in a song or through it some way chapel it will be talks. confirmed. Chapel LCU, talks. Wow. Chapel talks will out. call you out. Mm-hmm. We'll say that too. Some chapel talks will call you out oh, yeah. in that aspect. But, um, Sunday sermons too, we'll say that too as well. Yes. Amen. But, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just in everything you do, mm-hmm. pray, 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 pray.
0: Amen.
2: Yeah,
4: well, thank you for
2: sharing. Um, One, I'm glad to know that my finance guy is rooted in prayer (laughs) because there might be some prayers that are going to be needed. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, finances is more than just the serious conversations, and I want to thank you for highlighting that and for being a part of this. Um, The next thing that we're going to talk about, the next person we're going to bring on is our director of mentorship, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about what that looks like to not only mentor others but to mentor. Yourself and your peers and to find somebody to hold mm-hmm. you accountable and to move forward So we've gone over what it looks like to make connections We've mm-hmm. gone over what it looks like to store your finances and next we're gonna go over what it looks like To be mentor and to help lead others around you.
0: Yeah. All right, sweet We will take a short break and we'll be all right. Shortly. Welcome back and welcome in Seth Trevino. How are you today?
2: I'm doing good man yourself.
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for asking cool. so kind of you anyway, so As we've done with all our other board members, tell us a little about yourself and your role at the platform.
5: All right. So my name is Seth Trevino. I'm 18. I grew up in Denver City, Texas, a little, little town, about 7,000 people in population. I'm the director of mentorship and leadership, just kind of overseeing the programs and seeing what it takes to really be a God-fearing person and to lead the small groups or whatever is going to go on in the programs that we're doing. Um, It's been such a big blessing to see what this is becoming. I mean, it's just been great to watch. It's been great to watch Noah just break his back and sweat and (laughs) tears and blood (laughs) and all of it, Um, just watching him grow and just love everything he's doing. So Mm -hmm. I'm just blessed to be a part of it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. All Um, right. You'll go into... Some food questions.
2: Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. What is your most controversial food take? Mayo is so much better than mustard. It's not. Thank you. you. Wow, that's not even a solid
0: answer, man. Okay. Okay. Solid answer. That is acceptable. What is um? We'll go with some more of the fun questions we discussed earlier. Favorite movie.
5: Favorite movie. I'm not gonna lie, and the new one's coming out too. Kung Fu Panda is just talking. oh yeah, yeah That's so solid. good. That's no
0: word, okay. But guilty pleasure movie though, what you got? Guilty. Embarrassing guilty. guilty pleasure. I said Sound of Music, so bars low.
5: Fifty First Dates no yes, way yes that's, I so love that's actually, awesome so i'm a big rom-com person and it's just behind closed doors i mean that's I know crazy he's got to know i mean those, well now everybody knows but i love rom coms. <laughs> Fifty first dates the notebook i love stuff like that yes okay
2: i'm gonna advocate on his behalf <laughs>
0: you Go pride for it. pride and man.
2: prejudice 51st date 51st dates when harry met sally like going. i can keep the list going mm-hmm. all of the rom-com the hopeless romantic movies <laughs> love them all i have a list of them in my phone they will be watched <laughs> when i get right, married right. that that's what mm-hmm. we're doing
5: so now <laughs> we have a day them. where me and noah both are watching wrong 100
0: percent. oh man
5: um i'll bring the snacks you bring the drink <laughs> just past valentine's day so now this is just a bro moment
0: so <laughs> yeah for you. real this oh, is I'm a bro day. moment
2: um <laughs> <laughs> speaking of um bro moment when i went to seth about joining the leadership team for the platform one of the things that I had in mind and in my heart was his character when I think of someone whose job is to help mentor others while accepting mentorship themselves from people that are older than us and that know more one of the biggest things is character is can your character hold up to constructive criticism and does your heart allow you to mentor others humbly and honestly and for me, it was a no-brainer when I was looking at Seth because the things that he does and the way that he talks to people and carries himself and cherishes other people and the moments and life's joys and the way that he goes about lifting up people just based off of his character alone, just being an upstanding man, those are the things that I wanted when I was looking in someone to be in charge of the program. And it was really an easy God-given decision of this is who I'm going for. So in that, I am entrusting each of the directors to lead their own program, Mm -hmm. obviously underneath the same vision, but to let their dreams and where they feel like the Lord's leading them to help be in the direction of where that's going. So Seth, what do you see your dreams and visions for mentorship and leadership within the platform?
5: Man, that just shocked me. That's probably the nicest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Oh wow, so first and foremost, after all of that hype for me, I am an imperfect person with the perfect God. Amen. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that is so important to me and what I've been taught throughout the times of being an associate pastor at my church is humbleness, is understanding the brokenness that we are and we're broken people, even if we're, you know, board of directors or if we're pastors mm-hmm. or whatever our calling is going um, to be. Know that we're imperfect and to know that we are broken, but we can learn so much from the God that made us. And I just want everybody to know that throughout the programs that we do, that we're still going to be broken. The guys that are leading them, the guys (laughs) at the highest of the high are broken. And it's kind of hard for people to understand that is like, we aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to stutter. We're going to make those mistakes and we're going to make the autocorrects. You know, things are going to happen. But... As we go throughout the programs, and as what we're going to do as a whole, and what I'm trying to do is, I want people to understand that humbleness is probably number one to mm. be where we're at because you know you get a little bit over yourself and you think that you can do it all, and then you know you fall on your on the ground, and then Jesus picks you back up and tells you to keep going. And I think mm-hmm. people really need to understand that. That's going to be the key of understanding. The, I mean, I'm going to do you know a top five characteristics that I see and what we need to see as youth leaders
2: and as people that are going to grow, and one of those is going to be humbleness. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that.
0: That's I think. Good.
2: One of the things for me that goes along with humbleness and my own journey was accountability, Mm -hmm. was being humble, but also holding myself accountable to my own story, to understanding what my fault was in my own story and forgiving myself for it. Because as much as we can point the blame as people within our brokenness, there's some sort of accountability that has to be taken in our Mm -hmm. own story of we made this decision here. We did this here. We did that there. Absolutely. So when was a time... When you had to take true, genuine accountability for something that had happened within your life, that helped you become the man that you are today. I think a lot of things that happened. So, a
5: little testimony part of my life. I had a crazy, really hard childhood when I grew up. You know, I had my dad was in prison. Um, my both of them were on drugs. You know, I had nothing, and to understand to get to a higher spot wherever I was called to go to church on an Easter Sunday. And now I'm there and I'm getting to lead a youth program this upcoming summer and getting to see Mm -hmm. what God is doing in these people's lives. The accountability part is to know, like, even though I was at such a low moment in my life, and now I'm called to be one of the most respected jobs that America can offer and understand the accountability of, hey, I'm still not perfect, and I'm still just as broken as that kid was when he was lost. Now I just have somebody to take care of me, and that's God. Mm -hmm. so as the accountability goes through is just understanding that i mean the brokenness and the humbleness i think that's super important and the accountability was just understanding that there's people that are going to be looking up to me and i have to continue to better myself throughout my entire journey and how i'm going to continue to do that
0: amen i think yeah humbleness is definitely a vein that i try and a muscle that i try and work out for sure you know i it wasn't. I probably. I struggle with pride. That's a big deal for me, is I struggle with pride, and it wasn't until I got like put in leadership roles that I realized like I do not ever want to seem arrogance. Mm-hmm. Right. I never want to be confident to the point of arrogance. So, I mean now, nowadays I'm a blush and look down guy, dude. absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really beautiful. All right. Thank you so much, Seth. Absolutely. We're going to be going into our little outro. I'll pass it over to Noah.
2: Um, First off, I want to thank everybody who's going to be listening to this. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I want you all to get from this is to hear our stories and to understand that we aren't perfect people. We just want to see people get the things that we felt like we didn't receive. We want to hear the stories from people and make the impact. We want your voices to be heard and to understand that your story doesn't have to be some grand story to make a difference. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we had talked about today weren't things that were massive, weren't things that were like astronomical, with the exception of a few things but it was little things that we had experienced that led the impact to get to where we want to see things change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of what we want to embody.
0: All right, so now we're gonna be moving into the dream behind the platform and the story behind it. So Noah, number one, what's our mission statement?
2: Um, Our mission statement is creating risk takers and world changers. It is based on the belief that one risk at a time can change the world. It's a risk to tell your story. It's a risk to start that small group. It's a risk to go to church with friends when you're not a church person. It's a risk to sit by somebody that you normally wouldn't sit by, but it could change their world. doesn't necessarily have to change the world, but changing somebody's world or changing your world.
0: All right. So I've only ever gotten glimpses into the story, but I know this came out of a very rough time in your life, This this dream that you had. So could you tell that story for us?
2: Yeah, of course. So a quick little thing about me so that it makes sense. Um, I come from a big family. Mm-hmm. I was adopted at age six, eight days after my sixth birthday, which was November 20th, 2010 is when I was adopted. November 12th, 2010 is when I had turned six. Um And from there, we did mission work, we moved around, we went to Oregon, we did some mission work there, planted some seeds, and then we came back to Texas. When we came to Texas, for me at least, I felt like my whole world had crumbled because I was leaving a lot of friends, I didn't want to move here, I opposed it. There was no reason whatsoever for us to come back to Texas. I didn't see the point in it. In fact, I believe I questioned it more than anybody else. I didn't have any need to move here. Um... And then we ended up moving here. Obviously, my parents bought a house on FaceTime. And here we are um, back in Texas. But it was my seventh grade year when my eldest biological sister, who I didn't really know very much, um, had gotten pregnant. She was 19 at the time. And as a kid who doesn't really know their sister very much, hearing that they're pregnant knowing that when you get pregnant young, the risk that that might incur on your life was scary. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that at that same time, my brother, um, Cam, with a K, um, had gotten probation for making a joke in school that he thought was funny, but the girl that he told the joke to didn't really think was very funny. Mm -hmm. So for me, it felt like a lot of things were spiraling. I didn't really have much control. One of my siblings at the time, my sister, who I was pretty close with, who my family calls my twin, um, we had kind of gone different directions friend group-wise, but we're still pretty close. So it was trying to figure out where I fit in, what it looks like for me to fit in on a sports team, trying to find friends, and then now my world's falling apart, right? So that's where the buildup started. And then in eighth grade, it was very much more so an identity crisis, if you mm-hmm. will. It was who am I and what does that look like? The school that I went to was a small town school, so everybody knows everything. So mm-hmm. you do one thing and everybody knows about it. Well, my friend group, Well, at the time, Um, I grew up with five sisters, so a lot of what I would do was very feminine. I mean, Mm -hmm. some of it still is. It's just feminine behaviors just because that's just what I've seen myself grow up with my whole life. A lot of it was, oh, well, you're gay this or you're by this. And it became said so much that eventually I gaslit myself into believing those things Mm -hmm. just so I didn't have to hear it. When in reality, when you accept something that's not true, you tend to hear it a lot more right? because that's what everybody knows to be true. So that happened for a while. And at one point I remember breaking down in my room and my dad being there and I'm just sitting there in pieces because I don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm being told all these things. I'm tricking myself into believing something that's not true so much so to the point to where I genuinely believed something that wasn't true simply because it was just told so much and I wanted to fit in so badly because I felt like I fit out fit out. I felt like I didn't fit in. Right. So that's just that's who I became. It wasn't me. Like at home, I would have conversations with God and I'd be like, God, just show me who I am. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. I know deep down I really knew. I knew the whole time. Right. But it was, am I gonna fit in if I don't? Mm-hmm. And then ninth grade year rolls around. Ninth grade year was a roller coaster year. Um I didn't want to be at school mm-hmm. at all. I wanted no business being at school. And keep in mind when you get to a dark place it doesn't always look like walking around with the hoodie. Did I right. work around with the hoodie? Yes, but I have an addiction to hoodies, and I like music. <laughs> yeah. So it was what I was doing. But I was also the class president. I was mm-hmm. also on varsity football. I was also on varsity basketball. Everybody knew my name. If I walked around town, people knew who I was. So it wasn't like I wasn't known, and it wasn't like I wasn't surrounded by people, yet there was still a feeling of being alone. Right. And I think a lot of people confuse loneliness and being alone. Mm -hmm. I was not alone because I was surrounded by people, yet I still had a feeling of loneliness because I felt like nobody around me actually knew me, but I didn't actually let them get to know me. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? And so a lot of it was just not knowing how to talk to my parents about what I feel because I felt like I had to hide my emotions. So I would go and have conversations with them, but they would be covered up by whatever I thought they wanted to hear instead of saying what I actually needed to say. And so it would be a lot of arguments about how I felt. And so that in turn made me feel like I thought that they weren't listening or that they didn't understand, but I wasn't telling them the truth of what was going on. It was sugarcoated, or it was dumbed down or I would hold back from saying certain things so that I could convince myself that I was opening up and saying what needed to be said while mm-hmm. still crying myself to sleep at night. Um, and so that had kind of boiled up. And then I left school in the fall of 2020. Um, had also entered my first ever relationship on my birthday. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. And then come March 10th at 11.58 p.m. 2021, Mm -hmm. I overdosed on like 250 something pills roughly. Um, And that was intentional? That was intentional because I felt like there was no escape, Mm -hmm. mostly because I wasn't looking at all the options because I didn't know there were any options, because I had convinced myself that that just was what it was. I felt my life was so miserable that there was just no other way, mm-hmm. that that's just what it was. Um, keep in mind, I am hysterically high at this time, because right. of those things, because when you OD, you your body gets high and then it crashes. Um, I was texting my sister, texting my brother, texting my girlfriend at the time, and texting my best friend at the time. Not the smartest decision because I don't remember what I was saying. Right, yeah. But it was this weird experience because I've always been analytical and I've always loved research. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there researching how to do exactly what I'm doing to get to the end result. Mm -hmm. So it was a very aware sense of what was going on. And you can just imagine I'm sitting in my room by myself with the closet light on, sitting in front of my computer surrounded by pills. Right. Um, And at one point I had to walk back downstairs to get more and my mom was walking into the bathroom and it was almost as if what had happened next was an out of body experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much snitched on myself as if I was talking in third person. I Don't remember what I was saying, but it was, I, I'm guessing it was something along the lines of Noah's doing this or right. it was like some weird metaphoric story, which at the end of the day lets you know that I wasn't okay. Right. And then my father was brought in and I was taken to the hospital. It was this whole thing. I remember laying in bed, um, the hospital bed, and them asking me questions, not really knowing what's going on, being forced to go peace, so that they can take my blood and all mm-hmm. of that, and then just asking for worship music yeah. because I am huge on worship, just mm-hmm. always have been because it's music, but it's also worship, and it right. does the things that I don't have the words to say. Mm-hmm. So for me, playing worship music was a way for me to say prayer without knowing the words to use. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I went to a mental institution for a week total. Mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to be more than that, but I got up out of there. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned there is that broken people can heal broken people, but it's when broken people don't know how to heal broken people in themselves that create a chaos. Okay, There was a lot of misorder that was going along there, a lot of short mm-hmm. fuses. It was also full of a place full of people that didn't know how to regulate their emotions mm-hmm. and were being told how to regulate their emotions on a medicated schedule. Mm-hmm. So it was medicine driven, not human driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced just because of some of the stories I could tell from some of the right. things that I witnessed. Which we're not medical which, professionals, you know. Yeah. We're I'm not not a medical professional, but what I can say is the way that you treat people is very revealing to your character. Okay the way that I would see seven-year-olds get mistreated by 19-year-olds who were in there for things that probably should have been in a jail Mm -hmm. cell rather than a mental hospital, right? yet somehow that's where they ended up. Um, It sparked this hunger for justice inside of me that kind of made me realize, like, why is there a seven-year-old here who thinks I'm going to take him home and who thinks I'm going to end up being his father? when he should be having a family right when he's in foster care but he has no family so this is where he goes in between Mm -hmm. so it's not like he did anything like i did to deserve to be there it was the sheer fact that people didn't want to deal with him so he was there Mm -hmm. and then you have 19 year olds who don't know what love looks like from their mom or from their dad so they resulted to violence upon them right and now they're there so now you have everybody who's in an atmosphere of brokenness who's trying to tell other people how to not be broken but it's through continuing the broken habits that got them there in the first place. Okay. Um, And so then I got out of there, and I kind of had this thought and this passion of what would it be like if this could get prevented, Mm -hmm. if this whole experience could get prevented. Not in the sense that looking back at it that it wasn't a joy that it had happened because I wouldn't trade it for the world. At the time, I would have traded my world for it, but I wouldn't, hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world um, because it, it really taught me so much about who I am now. Um, but it was kind of just like the, the what if. And then from there, I had what me and my mom like to call a download from the Lord. Um, basically a thought or a dream or a vision that's so well planned out that you know it couldn't have been a human thing. Right. And I'm a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. My father is a very articulate man. So I learned to be very articulate. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult for me to decipher what could be God given and what could be me given. But I knew it was God given when I'm sitting down and I'm writing in my crappy handwriting, things that I would never dream of, Right. things that I would never plan out. And from there became the platform, mm-hmm. a space to where if you give a kid a mic and you allow them to share their story, maybe, maybe they feel heard. Mm -hmm. Maybe they feel like they're seen. Maybe they feel like someone's paying attention. Maybe they feel like they're loved. Maybe, you know, the what ifs, but it's the chance of letting them have that opportunity that really sparked the heart behind this. And from there, it was just over the last, what, three years now, Mm -hmm. a lot of character development on my part and a lot of dreaming of What does it look like? But while getting molded and shaped and having different experiences along the way, that really got me to a point to where I can be like, okay, I feel like I'm well enough in my faith to take a step in faith Mm -hmm. and to start this. And so that's where we, that's where we're here now. It Mm -hmm. came out of a place of pure brokenness and the Lord going ahead and putting something on my heart and going through even more brokenness till Mm -hmm. I felt like I was ready to act upon it.
0: Right. I mean, all glory to God, huh? Yeah. Yeah, That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing.
2: So just a few announcements before we leave. First off, look out for the store launch. You can yeah. go to RevivalThreads.co and get mm-hmm. merch and help support the platform and help support the mission. If you use the code LAUNCH24, LAUNCH in all caps, 2-4 at the end of it, you can get a 25% discount on the first order that nice. you purchase. Yeah. You can also I'm refer getting... a friend and they can get a 10% discount. So it's really nice <laughs> for <laughs> everybody. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, well, I'm talking some- to you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> mom needs all the merch. Yeah. <laughs> If my mom doesn't buy merch, we're going to have another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, Anyways, be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for the next podcast episode. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening mm-hmm. and thank you all for joining me today on the show.
0: Yeah. And we've also got more social media stuff coming up. So
2: much news. Follow the social
5: media. Yes. Yes. All
0: right. Sweet. Thanks so much, everybody. All glory to God. And we will see you all next time.